This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to post-game edition number two of Spits and Suds. Man, does it always feel better late night when you get a Stars victory like we did. Welcome, everybody. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Chap Shots, D Magazine, author. You name it, he does it. He's our NHL guru on The Fan. He is Sean Shapiro. He's up late, but he's got a smile on his face. That was much easier to watch tonight. Much, much easier. It's uh, And it's a game, too, where we're not... Uh... The stars uh, did us a favor after we were doing this into late into the morning. Yeah. I mean, the the game still went. It was, it was still. Uh, they ended it on the same day it started, and honestly, uh, with how it was settled, uh, you you could have if you, if you needed to catch up on some some sleep, you could have missed the. You could have gone to bed a little bit early, even if. But obviously, <laughs> uh, you. You as the listener did not. You're uh, you stuck through to to make to see whether it was a six to three or seven to three final. But uh, honestly, a uh, we talked on after the game uh, Monday into Tuesday morning about how this team. Neither of us felt worried about what the stars were going to do. That's correct. And this was, and they came out and. It's been there's been uh, eight periods of hockey in this in this series now, and you could say this, I mean the stars have been better for six of them. It was just yep. the first two periods, uh, just the first two periods basically of game one, and and then one unlucky break for Dallas in overtime. So, yeah, um, we're gonna get into. I mean, it's this game is the stars won this game obviously, but I think there is an important thing to talk about because it's the playoffs and decision wise. And I know, I think you have some audio to, to I plug do. here in a set in a second, but Minnesota made a decision that I'm not saying they would have won the game if they went the other way, but they certainly, they had house money on the table. They had the chance to take a two Oh series lead and they did not make the proper decision. Yeah. So, so listen, I'm going to toot the horn of the fan, and I'm going to toot the horn of Spits and Suds. As you mentioned, if you if you listen to Spits and Suds post game the other night, you and I weren't worried. And what did we both talk about? The slow start in the first period, and how that mm-hmm. was a major factor in the game. And then on the post game comments, and for the last couple of days, all you've heard is we got to get out to a faster start, we got to get out to a quicker start, and they did tonight. 
And the second thing is, is that, you know, you always get rumblings, and I appreciate that Stars fans want more hockey knowledge. They want us to talk Stars uh, more on the fan, and we have done that as a station collectively. We've met about it. We've talked about it. That's why we created this podcast, Spits and Suds. So yesterday on GBag Nation, Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the wild, nice enough to come in, and this is what he said yesterday when Brian Broaddus asked him about the wild goaltending uh, situation. It's a great question. Dean Evison told the broadcast group for a lot of the year, down the stretch in particular, that his plan was to use both guys because they'd done it all year and it worked. And in the NHL, typically you find that one guy, guy, right? I mean, it's almost unheard of. I guess somebody mentioned that the Capitals, when they won the Cup in 2018, um, used both Braden Holtby and whoever the heck the backup or the 1B would have been at that time. Uh, we'll see, I guess, tomorrow. That'll be the first tell if if the Wild have the the stones to, even after a 52-save performance, uh, flip the flip the script and, and put in the soon-to-be Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. We were debating amongst ourselves, some of the Wild Broadcasters TV and, and, and myself earlier today about it, and uh, I... I tend to think they might start Marc-Andre Fleury, but uh, Dean's been kind of coy about this come playoff time, so we'll see you tomorrow. And there you go, Sean. Joe was leaning toward Dean Evason going with Marc-Andre Fleury, and he did. And it's a scratch-your-head situation here in Dallas. It's a scratch-your-head situation nationwide, and I'm sure he's probably rethinking that decision. And Minnesota collectively is probably saying now, after the fact, why did you do that? But it seems from Joe's perspective that this was the norm. And Dave Evason has this plan where we're going to treat it like the regular season. I'm sure that might change. That doesn't make it wrong or right. I mean, we clearly disagree with the decision. But I thought Joe's perspective was interesting. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, it is. And it, it's... I, even if this was the plan, and I think clearly this was looking at the evidence that this was always the plan, um, Gustafson in game one, Fleury in game two, um, it shows a lack of flexibility to put your best team on the ice, honestly. Like, even if this was the plan, after what Gustafson did in game one, you have to adjust your plan. You have to change it and you have to go to flurry into to go. So you have to go back to the guy in game two. There's no, it, it's, it's a, it's an, it's kind of an inexcusable decision almost because it's, it's the space where there's no positive to playing flurry in game two in this after what if Gustafson comes back and plays game two and, if he if they lost with Gustafson tonight and that okay then you can go to Flurry to Game Three and everything like that but it's it just sends so many wrong messages like Jake Ottinger he lost Game One but there was never any question that he was going to get the net in Game Two that was never any question the Stars never had any and and Gustafson 
and flurry. And it's kind of interesting because um, you would think as the veteran, you'd be like, oh, flurry's the the calm one, the whatever, right? It's actually more of the opposite. Flurry's more of the energized goalie. He's the it's a little bit of a, a smaller guy, but he's a, by goalie typical height standards, he's not massive. And so he's more of the energized goalie. He's more of the guy who builds off momentum. And Gustafson is more like Ottinger. We watched in game one there where Gustafson has a bit of that big, calm presence where he's not creating energy. And from a Minnesota perspective, you're up 1-0 in the series. The goal score from game one is out in Ryan Hartman. Eric Sinek is still out. Don't you want the normalcy back from game one that you yeah. can at least build on and have that in net? Like, I, I don't understand this. I really don't understand the decision to, to, I don't understand. I understand why you may have laid it out in the first place. I don't understand the lack of flexibility to go back to Gustafson in game two. Yeah. Um, it's to me, to me, it's, it's, it's a decision that honestly, if the wild are going to win this series, um, if the wild were really going to win this series, they could have won this series tonight in a way. I mean, they, they could have, they could have Gustafson could have come out and they could have stolen tonight and they would have been up two Oh, and they would have said to win two out of the final two out of five games against Dallas. Now, there's questions for Minnesota, obviously the injury related ones. There's questions for um, if you're Gustafson, you're dealing with a mixed message of like you were good enough to play game one and be the guy, but you're not getting the net there. Like it's, I, Minnesota, like this, the Stars went and won this game. I want to be clear on that, right? Da- Dallas went and won this game. But Minnesota also shot itself in the foot and made it easier for Dallas to win this game. And that, to me, is inexcusable at playoff time. Yeah, yeah. And they I will say, from the Stars' perspective, they put a lot of pressure on Flurry, And a lot of pressure early. And uh, it was, you know, stylistically, these two teams are so different uh, opposing. And I, I think both methods can work. But tonight, I felt as though we saw a stretched ice advantage stars, open ice advantage stars. I felt as though the wild physicality couldn't be a factor because they were chasing the stars. I just felt as though the stars had good legs from the jump. Um, And a lot of stars fans were asking, and I'm sure you got this as well. One of the things that I, you know, pointed out was, a lot of people on social media were using the term retribution. You know, Jamie Ben has to drop the gloves. You know, watch out, Dumber, we're coming after you. And so I tweeted this earlier today, seeing, quote, retribution used a lot. The best retribution yeah. is a win and winning this series. Stakes are too high to take a major misconduct, suspension, injury, et cetera. Now, Derek Holland pointed out, former Rangers pitcher, uh, on our midday show today, the Jose Batista situation, that's a good example. Mm-hmm. Drop mitts yep. next year if you want. So, you know, possibly next year, likely in Dallas, I'm sure someone will take on Matt Dumba at some point, and I'm sure Dumba will accept that fight. Um, but 
I did want to get that in there. Wanted to get your thoughts because, you know, similar to Bautista, couldn't do it in the Rangers-Blue Jays scenario because, obviously, the playoff stakes were to go to the World Series. However, um, the very next year, when they had the opportunity, when the opportunity was right, when the game was out of hand during the regular season, that's when the Batista situation happened. And I think we'll see the same thing with the Stars and Wild. I mean, I uh, it's obviously largely dependent, too, on whether, I mean, Matt Dumba may be playing his final games with the Wild, too. That's the other thing, where it's like if Matt Dumba is no longer a member of the Minnesota Wild after after this series, which is highly possible. Yeah. It, it may, it may be something that just fizzles out. I mean, at the end of the day, true. The biggest thing and the most important thing, and you said it perfectly is you want to go. The best retribution is playing your game, winning your game and ending Minnesota season. That's, that is the best form of retribution. Nothing physically will We'll change that. And um, I think there's been some there's been some takes, some some unfortunate takes out there about how the uh, falling back for what things how things may have gone in the mid 90s and and how people maybe should have gone after Dumba. And yeah, like it doesn't doing that. Let's Dumba continue to win because you're you're not going to hurt him. You're not going to go out of your way to hurt him. And by allowing one hit on Joe Pavelski to be more than just a hit that injured Joe Pavelski, to be something that changes your mentality at all, allows the wild to win. Um, like, like for example, so when the stars recalled Riley Tufty today and Riley Tufty's great story and everything like that, but I'm really happy Riley Tufty did not play in this game because yep. I was actually worried. Um, I was really worried that this was going to be like the 2016 series when the stars were getting bullied by the blues and they called up Curtis McKenzie and uh, to play and, uh, and had an un- the unfortunate where we actually fought Ryan Reeves and it ended up with Reeves blowing a, a kiss to the stars bench. I was, when they called Tufty up, I was worried that they were overreacting to Minnesota's physicality and not playing their game instead. And I love what they did. Instead, they stuck with their game. They put in the next man up in Yoel Kiviranta and, and Kiviranta helped set up the shorthanded goal to start the game. They stuck with how they're good. And the only way Minnesota wins this series is if they bully the stars and they have Gustafson steel games. Well, Minnesota took one thing out of hand today itself by taking Gustafson out of the game, which I believe is foolish. And then the stars handled the other thing where they didn't get bullied. They just put pucks in the net. They adapted and uh, they're playing for Pavelski right now. Like, I mean, it's something where to me, uh, I'm glad Joe Pavelski is obviously not playing because he's going through the concussion protocol and everything like that. It's definitely telling to me there was the quote from uh, Luke Lindenny this morning where the Stars said they want to keep playing, so Joe has a chance to come back. That, to me, is one of the most telling quotes about the longevity or of the Pavelski injury where Luke Lindenny understands what's up. Luke yeah. Lindenny gets the situation. If he's talking about how we got to win rounds for Pavelski to get back, that gives you a better idea of what we're talking about. And frankly, 
I'm glad somebody said it because it could be kind of sickening to go, ah, game three, could Joe Pavelski be back? Like, no, like, Joe Pavelski's head needs to get right first yeah. before he comes back at all. So, yeah, you're absolutely right.